You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianessis. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 17 of Here for the Truth and our first ever members only episode to our Patreon subscribers. Um, it's great to be here with you. Today, we have a very special episode with someone who I greatly respect and admire and have looked up to for a long time. And it's a pleasure to have him here, Gavin Nascimento. I'll read you a little bit about his bio, then we'll get into it. So Gavin is a life coach, activist, writer, public speaker, and social media personality. Through his personal journey in life, along with an insatiable appetite for learning, he has developed a unique outlook and understanding of the system that we call society, how it functions, and why. Gavin believes that the problems of our world, both individually and collectively, are rooted in our ignorance. And this ignorance is deliberately perpetuated by the ruling class who profits from our exploitation and cites history and pragmatic logic, pragmatic logic as reason. Gavin believes that in absence of ignorance, However, mankind prefers peace over war, abundance to scarcity, and freedom to exploitation. Thus, the key to mankind's salvation lay in the acquisition and subsequent spread of unadulterated knowledge and verifiable truth. That's why we're here. Because a society without this as its foundation will always be relegated to some form of slavery. He also believes the only way to attain this state of being is for us to take personal responsibility for the well-being of our society. Those who are awake bear the bulk of this responsibility and must do what they can, where they are, with what they have. No one can do everything, but everyone can do something. Mm. It is this outlook, along with a genuine love for humanity and truth, that has inspired Gavin to get involved in activism, writing, video making, and public speaking. Gavin, welcome to Here for the Truth, brother. Thank you for having me, cousin. It's an honor. Likewise, man. And just reading that bio in itself has reiterated so many of the core values and the core topics that Erasmus and I hear, um, hit on every single episode. And the way you've put that is absolutely beautiful, man. Um, one place I'd really like to start, because it's, it's, it's a core thing of what this podcast is about. It's the stories behind the truth. So tell us a little bit about your personal journey, the rites of passages that you had to overcome, um, because I'm sure it was a lot for you to uncover the, the gold that lays within. Um, and I'd love to hear a bit of that story, brother. Well, first, I appreciate the very kind words. Thank you. Give me far too much credit. <laughs> but um, as you can imagine, like everybody, it's a lot to unpack yeah. in terms of your individual story. But I've, I've just taken a very unconventional path in life. You know, pe people often, they ask me like, you know, what university did you attend? And, uh, what, you know, what prestigious school did you study at? And the reality is I got kicked out of school. I'm a former felon. I come from a, a very dark past. But I'm actually proud about that because everything I've gained in terms of knowledge is through struggle and self-education. And I can't remember who it was precisely, and I'm just gonna paraphrase him, but he said that the only true education is self-education. And I wholeheartedly agree. If you're not critically thinking and seeking an independent path beyond the echoes that surround us in society, then you aren't really an independent thinker. 
So being born already in Johannesburg, South Africa, in the South, that, that's a unique path in and of itself. And then my parents, they were kids when they had me and my sister. My mom was actually 15 when she fell pregnant. And I grew up around fucking crazy people, man. I grew up around, you know, bikers and convicts and just those people that you're supposed to stay away from, like uh, from society's perception, right? But uh, the perspective of these people and the reality are just totally, totally different. And this is something a lot of people don't comprehend in society is, is actually a, a very big difference between subjective perception and objective reality. They are not the same thing. You know, we, we all can apprehend a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of objective truth, but no matter what, we're all limited by our subjective perceptions. So from a young age, I was able to have a very unique outlook on life. I was also very rebellious. And in my studies, at least, I've noticed that a lot of people who have had the, I suppose, privilege of questioning authority, of being skeptical and healthy in their suspicions, they've been afforded the opportunity to think a bit more independently. And I think I have a theory that that's one of the root causes at the problem um, of society today is a lot of people, if they were surrounded from a very young age, paternal figures, teachers, and so on and so forth. And these authorities did a stellar job where they basically gave them all the guidance they needed, all the love that they needed. They were never in a position where they had to question authority. And that's a big problem, right? But in terms of this particular path, I moved from South Africa when I was about 14 years old. And I moved to the US mm. and I went to high school and everything in the US. And I, I was somebody I was never, I never gave a shit about politics. As soon as you, you know, entered that into the conversation, I came with a joke or I just avoided it because it just, it was seemed like bullshit and it is all obviously bullshit, right? But it, when you're younger, at least for myself, you don't take any interest, but there's a, there's a saying, I think it may have been from Tacitus, the ancient Roman historian, who very cleverly said that just because you, you don't take an interest in politics doesn't mean uh, politics won't take an interest in you. And I think that's very, very vivid and clear today. And then eventually I started to look into like what's going on. You know how it actually started is I had crippling anxiety. I mean, I've got such a crazy story, man. I was, I already had a drinking problem when I was 12 years old by the age of 19. I was an alcoholic. It gave me crippling anxiety. I was super, super lost. I had PTSD. And when I moved to the States, I tried to conform and fit in. And it, I just started to lose myself. Like I was, I was just losing myself in a terrible, terrible way. Where in the and States were a, you? Where in the States? I was, I, I was in Florida in the Tampa area. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I lived there for a long time. I lived there for like 14 years. You know, I lived there for a very long time. But anyways, I started to lose myself. And then I began to research because I got to the point where I was actually, uh, I don't want to say suicidal because that's when you're actively trying to kill yourself. But I had a lot of suicidal thoughts. And I was drowning, trying to drown my pain with alcohol and drugs and so on and so forth. And then eventually, out of sheer desperation, I decided to do something I would have never done in the past. 
and that's read books because mm-hmm. I used to be one of those people on oh, street smart that's all that matters you know that gives me advantage book smart people who gives a fuck about book smart people all right <laughs> but you need a balance you do need a balance yeah you need a balance of both I hear you bro yeah yeah you need a balance guys yeah. absolutely and anyways I started to research the mind obsessively and if you research the mind obsessively uh, psychology psychiatry and so on and so forth what you invariably come to learn is about CIA experiments and government propaganda and that's actually where it started big time for me when I saw that they were doing this crazy shit how can you keep quiet and uh, yeah it just from there just started to snowball yeah and actually sorry just one other thing I started off wanting to just purely motivate people that's actually what it was yeah and then of course you realize like you can't just motivate people without giving them knowledge that's disingenuous like you oh just be positive be happy but at the same time in order to be empowered and be the best version of yourself and create the best society that we can we have to equip people mentally with the necessary defense the shield the weaponry to fight back against the insidious deception and the encroaching uh, the encroaching uh, manipulation because that's a very very real reality that we are dealing with in this world absolutely man and we're all we're all seeing it right now um more than ever yeah yeah well i'm curious from your point of view obviously this podcast is here for the truth we have different guests that come with their own different thoughts but this is a question i like to ask is like in your opinion what do you think what do you think's been going on the last 16 months i would actually date it back far longer than that you know uh, what's going on now is something that I like to say is analogous to the Protestant Reformation, not in the most fundamental ways, but what happened with the Protestant Reformation, just to give a little bit of context, was back then there was the Roman Catholic Church, and it was the preeminent power, right? It was, that was the head honcho. You could almost say it's, it's not entirely, but for the sake of discussion and for the sake of the argument at hand, it's somewhat like the World Health Organization in terms of being a global authority that people believe in. That's what it represented back then. And there was this uh, preacher, and his name was Martin Luther. He's actually who Martin Luther King Jr. is named after. And Martin Luther, I actually, I read his diaries, and he speaks about, you know, Rome and, and the Vatican as being like this amazing, incredible place. And as somebody that comes from a so-called third world country, it's interesting to note that because these very similar perceptions of the United States. It's like this magical land of milk and honey and people don't really know what it's like, but that's what you see portrayed because that's the the seat of empire in modern day politics, right? So it was similar back then. Anyways, Martin Luther, he was all excited. He wanted to go to Rome. He considered it to be like heaven on earth. But when he got there, he saw it was fucking corrupt as hell paraphrasing him because they obviously had different terminology what he found was a police state very brutal very corrupt and there was actually a pope named pope leo x and he was from a very powerful family this family has had popes they've had royalty Uh, they initially started as a banking dynasty they still have power behind the scenes today and that's the medici family for many many centuries something like seven or eight centuries very powerful family still around today and when he saw uh, what they were doing, because him and a guy, I think his name was Johann Tetzel, they were engaging in a very clever little business. Uh, 
proposition that they had going on over there, which was called the sale of indulgences. I'm not sure if you guys have maybe heard of that before, mm -hmm. but what it is to, to just summarize it and break it down and put it in layman terms is you, you basically tell people, if you pay me a certain price, I will get your distant relative, I'll get your uncle, your grandfather out of purgatory. So if you think they, they're in purgatory and they're suffering, you can give them a get out of jail free card if the price is right. Likewise, if you sinned and you did something horrible, if you pay me the right price, your sins are forgiven you. Now for us today, that shit sounds ridiculous. How could they fall for something like that? And that's exactly what they're going to say about us in the future, looking back on this bullshit. But when Martin Luther saw this, he was outraged, right? He was, I mean, he was livid. He couldn't believe it. So he decided to do something that very few people did, which was challenge the authority of the papacy. And he wrote something called the 95 Thesis. It was 95 critiques of the papacy, 95 things that he saw that he didn't like, that they did wrong. And what he did was he nailed it onto a local door. And it was meant for just local debate. But something revolutionary took place at that time. And that was the invention of the printing press. And somebody, we still don't know who it was to this day, they took this 95 Thesis and they printed and spread it all throughout Europe. As a result, what ensued, what followed from that revolution in information sharing was revolutions in the literal sense all across Europe. You guys may have heard of the, the word pro, I mean, Protestant, right? Mm -hmm. Protestant comes from to protest the Roman Catholic Church. This is where the Protestant Reformation comes from. So the reason why I say it's analogous today is we have another information revolution which is the internet, absolutely unprecedented. No time like this ever before in human history. All right, it's, it's special. People have no idea what we are living through right now. It's, it's next level special. And this event that we see now has slowly been coming for quite some time. For me, I mark the, the catalyst event as actually being the protests preceding the Iraq war. To this day, they are recognized by the Guinness Book of World Records as the largest protests in human history. They took place on all seven continents, including Antarctica. And for the first time, I would say in human history, on every single continent, people around this world knew that we have a hell of a lot more in common than with the people who rule over us. And in spite of those millions, I mean, tens of millions of people protesting against that war and that invasion, the ruling class went ahead and still did it anyways. And to me, one day when the books, the history books are written, it's going to reflect back probably on that as being one of the major events. And then slowly what's taking place, and it actually hasn't been a slow process. It's been happening exponentially. Is people are awakening quicker and quicker. Even this event right now, mm. I told many people when this was going on, this shit is going to blow up in their face. Because every single time that they come with these repressive uh, actions and so on and so forth, every time they do that, then there's, there's blowback. And then just one other thing I quickly want to mention, with the Protestant Reformation, after that took place, the Vatican created a secret society known as the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus. You may have heard of them before. Mm -hmm. Dodgy as fuck, right? Done all kinds of just crazy shit. They've been kicked out of many countries, also big in education, Georgetown University, many lower education, all kinds of stuff. Lots of control, lots of influence. But they were created to engage in something known as the counter-reformation. And the counter-reformation was to discredit 
what the Protestant uh, reformers were talking about. And so now what we are living through right now with the censorship, it's a counter-revolution. We are already engaged in a revolution. There's no going back now. You're saying the counter-reformation now is what's going on with all the censorship? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, sorry. Let me put a, a, bit, of, a bit more context here. This is not about a virus at all. Uh -huh. Like I've, you know, uh, it's actually been a whole year now. It was over a year ago that I uploaded a five-hour presentation on this. Well, I looked through all the studies meticulously, the conflicts of interest. I mean, every facet you can think of, I explored on this particular topic. It's got nothing to do with the virus, nothing at all. This is just it's a, a very clever chess move on their part. That's mm -hmm. what it represents. In a way, though, they are a bit slow to react. And that tells me that they're not as high and almighty as so many people tend to think. We, we engaged in, in a major psyop and part of the ago is to present yourself or to appear as being strong and really you're weak. And I think we give them far too much credit. Definitely. I mean, from where I'm looking, it's come, come across as quite rushed, desperate and sloppy at times. Desperate, big time. And uh, to me, I'm, I'm curious because to me, it feels like that um, this wouldn't have been the way that they wanted to roll this out if they had all the time and all the power. Um, so it's curious to me what, what the catalyst for the desperation was, right? For sure. There's a lot of things going on all at the same time. Many, I think, which are beyond our, our scope and our perspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, but there's so many elements to, to what's going on in the world, man. There's yeah. this high-ranking scientists and, and so on and so forth, from any, everything from the 9-11 movement to even exposing uh, how fraudulent all of this is, yeah. where you have actual scientists, actual doctors, actual experts. And they, they, it's just you can't compete with billions of minds. I mean, mm. I, we're not living in the dark ages anymore. They're trying this old bullshit methodology. And it's, yeah, I don't see it, I don't see it working. I mean, but unfortunately, out of sheer desperation and psychopathy, they're probably going to keep on going forward. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm in Sydney, Australia right now, and we're in week six of another stage four lockdown. At the moment, you can't walk outside and walk outside and exercise in more than groups of two for longer than an hour. Um, crazy, you crazy. You can't crazy. be outside stationary. You have to be moving to be exercising. You can't even sit. If you if you do sit, there are helicopters circling Sydney with megaphones calling the police to that spot where you're sitting. Like it is. Nice. It's next level. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's crazy. It, it's genuinely crazy because if you sit down and you objectively sift through the actual science, mm. rather than listening to the media, which most people do, and then it says, a scientist said, it's funded by the big pharma vaccine companies. Oh, you know, I'm listening to the science. No, because if people actually look at the objective science, it is indisputable. That yeah. natural immunity, which is very easy to gain for the overwhelming majority, natural immunity has been proven to be just as efficacious, if not more reliable than a fucking fast-tracked experimental vaccine. I mean, it's, it's silly. But what, what we're dealing with is a population that's immune to knowledge by the looks of it. Absolutely, cousin. That's why, like, that, that bio that I sent you, yeah. if, if a society does not have unadulterated knowledge and verifiable truth as its foundation, 
I don't care if it's communist or on the surface. I don't care if it's communist or capitalist or socialist. I don't care if it's religious or atheist. It doesn't yeah. matter. The key yeah. is you need to have knowledge and truth. Yeah. That's what guides people to a better society. Yeah. But that's, yeah. and that's, that's what, where the lines are constantly being blurred. And that's where the, the war of distortion is on. It's, it's on that knowledge, right? We, people, are, people are confused. Yeah. People don't know where to look for knowledge. People don't know where to look for truth. Even in the truth community. They don't, they like, don't even know what truth is. That's right. the that's worst right. part. They don't understand what that concept even means. You know? yeah. And some people have been so pushed so far to the other extreme where it's like, oh, now everything is a lie. Right, absolutely yeah, everything yeah. that we've ever been taught yes. is lie. There's no truth. There's no true science. There's no true physics. There's no true history. None yes. of it is true. Yep, absolutely. So yeah. uh, one of the the very clever ploys that I saw with that was that documentary, The Social Dilemma. I'm not sure if you guys have actually had the opportunity I, to watch I did, it. I did see it. Right. So so like any really good clever deception, what they did was they had some very very intelligent brilliant insights but some mm -hmm. very skillful clever subtle deceptions but if you actually follow the paper trail what you're going to actually bump into is uh, organizations like the open society foundation also what was that dude's name again that was involved with the whole pizzagate thing um what's that cat's uh, name podesta the, is that yes john podesta yeah you can you trace it back he's in there yeah. So if you follow if you follow the money and what the way agents of deception work is they try to put as many masks, as many buffers as they can, yeah. things that look legitimate, right? The the sheep, the old proverb. I mean, it's simple, but it's absolutely true. The wolf in sheep's skin. That's how yeah. they operate, all times and always. And anyways, that that documentary right there. So many people have cited it, but it mm -hmm. is so full of shit because what they are suggesting is, oh, we need a centralized authority to regulate information. We need to have somebody who controls this. Otherwise, there is no consensus that we can all agree on. So what they are saying in this is that truth is subjective. Truth is not subjective. Truth is objective, right? Truth is just another word for reality. People try to make it this mystical thing that if I encounter it, if somebody talks about it, you know, he has to look like a fucking wizard with the gray white beard and, and he has to say some weird shit and talk like, oh, and unto thee and all this kind of stuff. And it's completely, it's, it's ridiculous. It's just what is reflected by reality, right? And don't get me wrong, reality itself is mystical, but there are certain aspects of reality that can be measured. And mm -hmm. at the same time, whilst none of us can comprehend the totality of what reality represents, each of us can ascertain certain fragments of, of objective reality. That's why, for example, if you get in a plane, you don't want to get in a plane with a, a guy that's spent his whole entire life being a surgeon, right? You want to get in a plane with a pilot. Likewise, correspondingly, if you're going to get operated on, you don't want the guy to be a mechanic. So we can all ascertain certain levels of truth. And some people, such as ourselves, are a bit more concerned with studying objective reality. And there is a way to do such a thing, right? If, if a million people say, oh, no, it's my opinion, you go jump off a cliff and, you know, nothing's going to happen. And one person says, okay, I'm calling you out on that. That's bullshit. Go jump off the cliff. Let's see what happens. And they fall down. That's the truth. That's reality. Mm -hmm. well I love that you brought up the social dilemma because... There was a period when it came out where everyone was like, have you seen the social dilemma? And I, I remember like, that. I'm like, it's on fucking Netflix. Like, I'm going to watch this shit. Okay, let me watch it. In the beginning, right. I was like, oh, okay, they're making some good points. And then what All they right. do, they slip Very in. Clever. 
the subtle bullshit, like yeah, throwing things around rice. vaccines mm. and conspiracies and flat, you and know, 9 11 and flat. Yeah. And, they all, and they always love to conflate all that shit. Like, like, okay, 9 11, where there's more than 3,000 architects, engineers, scientists in a four year peer reviewed study. I like to just fucking bring that shit up. And first responders and even family members of the victims, they're going to conflate that shit with flat earth. Yeah. Come on. That's okay. what they do. They, 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 they try to throw all that stuff together yeah. and discount it like that. And then everyone just goes off because they've been subconsciously programmed. Like, well, yeah, you know, it's a conspiracy. Obviously, what are you, a flat earther? Yeah. You, yeah. Know? And you, know what that, you know what that is? That's, that's when they manipulate something called our associative memory. Mm -hmm. uh, the associative memory, you may have heard of it before. It's, it's actually from something called classical conditioning. So the associative memory, maybe you hear a song and it reminds you of a particular memory or you smell a certain cologne and you remember somebody from the past, whatever it may be. It's where two things are associated. And normally it's the, the more emotional the association, the more dismissive or impetuous and impulsive you become. And th this is used in every facet of our society, right? This is why like with the whole... Uh, invasion of Iraq, they constantly made the specious association of Saddam Hussein with Al-Qaeda and Saddam Hussein with weapons of mass destruction when he was a secular leader. He actually despised Al-Qaeda. not saying he's a good guy, but that's yeah. the reality. That's the objective truth. And likewise, you see it also in very simple things with uh, corporations, right? You go to just the, the shop and then you see Spider-Man or Captain America or these highly evocative emotionally causes a lot of excitement for kids you see it on an unhealthy candy bar right so you see it on on gmo cereal because it creates creates unconscious excitement that's the associative memory even for example when you're watching a super bowl ad mm -hmm. it, it's just a couple of seconds long but in there that's all, all of their tactics are geared towards the associative memory and there was actually an experiment if i can just throw this out there quickly. I'm sure your viewers would be very interested to hear it and it'll help people make a lot of sense about the propaganda that gets used now. It was called the Little Albert Experiment. And the Little Albert Experiment was actually done by a psychologist, a behavioral specialist. He's considered to be like the father of behavioral modification in many ways. His name was John Watson. And John Watson, what this dude went ahead and did was an unethical experiment on a baby, just a couple months old. And he wanted to see if he could condition and brainwash this baby's associative memory into, into becoming fearful. So what he did was he put a bunch of different stimuli in front of this baby, burning newspaper, a mouse, a rabbit, uh, just different things. And then he, you know, he wrote down the initial observations and he noticed that the, the child didn't have, the baby didn't have any, you know, it was kind of neutral. In fact, with the, the mouse, it wanted to play with the mouse. Then he went for a second round, but this time, every time he gave the mouse to the baby, and the baby wanted to play with the mouse in the beginning, he made a horrible sound with the hammer in the background, which is one of the few things innately babies are actually fearful of, are these loud, horrible, sporadic sounds. So every time the baby went for the rat or the mouse, he struck the hammer, and the baby would cry frantically. And he did this over and over and over to associate the rat with the loud noise. And in the third round, after seeing these observations, what he went ahead and did was he didn't do anything with the hammer, but he gave the rat to this baby, little Albert. And just by seeing the rat, the baby historically, I mean, hysterically and frantically cried. And that's precisely how propaganda works. Even now, for example, 
with these lockdowns. There are many, many, there are literally thousands of doctors, thousands of scientists that are saying it's bullshit, but the media doesn't give them a platform. Who does the media give a platform to? Like a Donald Trump, QAnon, these extreme like right-wing groups, right? And, and don't get me wrong, if you guys are into that, I mean, I'm not trying to put you down or whatever. It's no, all good. Thing, bro. I'm, I'm Dude, we're here for the truth. We're here for all opinions. We're yeah, not man. here to be like, yo, we're right, yeah. you're wrong. Cool, and, man. And, I, and I'm neutral on that, man. We've I had, we've had, we've had people. Yeah. We've had people yeah. here on either sides in the middle. Stay yeah. for it, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's just the thing is, what they are trying to do is associate everybody that is challenging these lockdowns mm-hmm. with yeah. those who are easily discredited or extreme right wing figures or racism or some bullshit. And it's, it's that little Albert experiment tactic. That's all it is. It's the associative memory. Where if you can get them to associate something with a highly evocative uh, topic that makes them very angry and dismissive, that's precisely what they do. Their critical thinking skills are no longer existent. Mm-hmm. I even think about that, and I think it relates to some degree when you think about Hollywood programming through through movies and through television Big shows time. i'm yeah. re-watching an, an old show that i loved from 20 years ago um called six feet under and uh watching it with with my wife and uh, you know there's episodes there's episodes where it's like they're glorifying you know allopathy they're just like something's wrong with you oh take this pill oh i'm gonna have to take this pill for the rest of my life so you have the For audience sure. who like we fall in love with these characters and the stories and yet then it's like they're putting pharmaceutical industry the they're pulling the medical industry on a pedestal you know Absolutely. oh did you go see your doctor did you see your doctor right. what did the doctor say you know all these little things have just been going on for you know decades our entire lives that yeah. you don't Simulated think about normalcy yeah yeah and and it's like you know 20 years ago while i was into some of this stuff not to the de- degree i i am now anytime i watch anything mainstream media wise it's like oh, okay there's that there's that there's that there's that you're just pointing out the 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 subtle are not so subtle not so subtle anymore. reception yeah. <laughs> uh programming and uh it's pretty wild man it's pretty wild it and is. then and then yeah, you wonder nice. if you're if you're an individual who hasn't gone down these rabbit holes and hasn't explored these um these areas of of research and you've just worked your nine to five job and you've been watching hollywood all the time then of course 2020 comes and it's like this virus is going to kill everyone you're like well of course oh my god we've been primed our subconscious has been primed through all this media to 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 be fearful so you know it's like the solution is to explore these alternative realms of information which i think more and more people are doing because they're realizing the the mainstream media is 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 dying and it has been dying and more people are open to podcasts like this all the work you've been doing and people uh in a similar boat well it's it's no doubt brother it's developing that sorry man what'd you say what'd you say man it's developing that psychic immunity right mm-hmm. and that's 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 what this knowledge provides for us is 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 particularly that and from one level all the programming all the conditioning etc is designed to break down that psychic immunity so there is no barrier and so that we're just open to receiving everything um you mean in, in in the same way that i guess you could even throw the new age movement into that into that category as well right we just accept everything we resist nothing we don't have that tension to actually think critically anymore. It's just, you know what I mean? Things are what they are, whether I question it or not. Um, and like you were, like you were saying, saying before to bring that home with the whole QAnon thing and the, the attack on the capital, whatnot, like from one perspective, that's just leading down the path of considering anyone that questions the narrative 
as a conspiracy theorist and all conspiracy theorists as extremists and hence terrorists, right? Yep. So then the I'm next a, correlation- I'm a domestic that, terrorist, just so you all know. Exactly. So then the domestic next terrorist. correlation that comes is conspiracy theorist equals terrorist. And what do we have, right? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting time to be alive. You see, the, the fundamental issue as well is, I would say for the first time in history, in human history, the, the majority, maybe not, no, I would actually probably say it is a majority of the public are politically aware, but they are not politically awakened. And those are two very different things. Because if you are new to politics, politics will eat you up and spit you out. It'll use you, abuse you, and play with you like you are Pinocchio. It's, it's you know, you'll be just a puppet. And unfortunately, people are going through some growing pains. If anything is getting fast track right now, besides the vaccine, it's people's awakening. And a lot of people can't cope with that, unfortunately, man. You know, this, this suicides, yeah. these drug overdoses. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a challenging time. It's a very well, challenging it, time. At the same time, it really does feel like they amped up the show of the left, right, the red, blue, right? It feels oh, like... for sure. It feels yeah, like no, the, no the, the, reality, the reality TV literally left the TV and became the political stage, right? And it's all day, such, an intense, yeah, all such day. an intense thing, man. It really, really is. I mean, there's so many people still there sitting, holding out hope that a politician, you know what I mean, of the likes of Donald Trump or whatnot, whether whether correct <laughs> is going to be the answer. So, so, so let me. Oh no, go ahead, brother. Go ahead. Well, you you can go. I was just curious because I'm kind of in my bubble in the U.S. and the U.S. seems to take like center stage politically across the whole planet. Like, what's the For left sure. right thing? Like, what do they do in South Africa? You know, how? Oh, how no, no, does... it's, it's similar bullshit. No, okay. it's similar. It, it, it's very similar in most countries. I'm, I tend to take an interest in the political theater in different countries. And it's usually a two-party system. And then there'll be like a third one that it looks revolutionary and it's gonna change and, but it's bullshit. Yeah. Let me ask you, let me ask you so this. It's, it's the same thing, cousin, it's yeah. the same thing. Let me ask you this, because say no one has dived into this whatsoever um, and someone was leaning to the right and was leaning to Trump or whatever. It looks very, very, very clear to that person that um, it was a rigged election. Right, right, right. Um, so right. Is, is, is the planning that advanced that they're going to fake rig an election for to, to develop some kind of emotional response? For sure. So that's a good question. I'm glad you asked that. It's a really good because, one. yeah, because something I like to always go into with people is history. You know, history to me, if you under, if you research it meticulously or seriously and it takes a lot of time to do that because you normally have to look at multiple perspectives and that's especially true and becomes especially more difficult the deeper you go into history. But if you look into ancient Rome, and this was over 2000 years ago, in what precipitated the initial so-called Roman revolution, there were these two brothers, the Gracchi brothers, and uh, their names were Tiberius and Gaius Gracchus for people who want to, you know, pick up the bread crumbs and go chase I've the rabbit I've watched, holes. I've watched Gladiator, Gladiator, bro. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, Gladiator was actually brilliant. It was it was science fiction, but there was truth in it. Mm -hmm. You know, Stephen, Stephen King, I think it was, he's the science fiction writer. He brilliantly said that fiction is the truth inside the lie. Mm. So fiction can wow. be used in a way to communicate greater truths uh, without them getting themselves into too much trouble. 
So anyways, with the, the Gracchi brothers, they actually came from a, a noble family. Uh, they were, there's actually some interesting conclusions that can be drawn between them and the Kennedy brothers. There's some similarity there where they came from elitist families themselves, but then they decided to challenge the establishment. But anyways, with Tiberius Gracchus, he was, he came from the military. And what he noticed was when he was coming back to Rome, he, the people that he served with, they were actually becoming unemployed. They were becoming homeless because the ruling class had huge scores of land and they had all of these slaves and they were producing goods for absolutely dirt cheap. And all of these military men, they were small scale farmers when they came back and they couldn't compete with these guys because they had slave labor. Obviously, you, slave labor, you don't have to pay for. So you can make your prices a lot cheaper. You can undercut the competition. Tiberius Gracchus, what he found was the ruling class were holding more land than was legally allowed. And it was huge amounts of land, like stupid amounts of land. And he came up with a proposal where he was uh, willing to not only uh, compensate them for that land, but he was also going to make it tax-free. It was a, a sensible proposal. Now, what he did was back then they had something that resembled a form of democracy, a republic that was democratic. They had something like that. They had elected officials and so on and so forth. He was elected as the tribune of the people, means he represents the people, the people's interests. And he ran on the ticket that he would make sure that everybody has a home, everybody gets food, everybody has a place to live. And of course, he was, he was voted. Now, back then, there was a group called the Roman Senate. Now, of course, I'm sure when you guys hear Senate, the first thing you think about is politics. But the fact of the matter is the American Senate and the, the term Senate that we know today, it traces its historical lineage, its genesis to ancient Rome. Back in ancient Rome, the Roman Senate had nothing to do with the government, or at least that's what they told everybody. All it did was it controlled the finances of Rome. Now, traditionally, what the Tribune had to do, or not had to do, but it was just something that was normally done, is they would go to the Roman Senate, which was just an advisory council. That's how they were advertised. They just gave advice. They weren't a part of the government. They just kind of gave advice, like the Council on Foreign Relations, something like that. But he never did this, which I find to be very interesting because he was obviously an insider. And I think he knew that if he went to them, they would have given him bad advice. So they would have told him not to do it, but he didn't do it. Now, he, that wasn't against the law. He didn't have to go to them. Instead, he had it passed. But then when he had the law passed, he couldn't get the financing from the Senate, which controlled Rome's funding. So eventually they were going back and forth between Tiberius Gracchus and the establishment of Rome. And they were going back and forth, back and forth until eventually, because I can obviously tell the story for a long time to give you all the details, until eventually they declared martial law. And then the smokescreen of a, de a democratic form of government was completely shut down. The whole voting ruse was exposed for what it was. And people finally realized that the whole entire time they believed they live in a democratic republic, this Roman Senate, this advisory group that had nothing to do with the government, they actually controlled Rome. That was over 2,000 years ago. Now, if they understand something like that from over 2,000 years ago, yeah, fuck me. do you think they would ever in a million years, do you think they would ever in a million years allow the presidency to be captured? There, there are families, guys, listen.
often, there are families that have been in power more than a thousand years, like the, the Kelowna or the, um, the Orsini, which goes back in England, which goes back to uh, Saxe, Coburg and Gotha before it. And then that goes to the house of Vetten. That's over a thousand years. Do you think these people who have been in power for years are gonna allow Donald Trump to come piss on their parade? No, it's, it's just not going to happen, man. And, and then another good source to actually look into is, um, I'm sure you guys have heard of Professor Carol Quigley mm-hmm. at some point. He's, he's one of those researchers, like, you know, it's like he, because he did something that helped to illuminate the way that the ruling class operates in an unprecedented way. In his book, Tragedy and Hope, it was either Tragedy and Hope, no, it was Tragedy and Hope, or the Anglo-American establishment, it was so long ago that I read this. I think it was Tragedy and Hope, in which he meticulously details, and he was a very dry historian. I mean, he was the teacher to the former president, Bill Clinton, and he did it in a very objective way. I mean, his book is very difficult to read because he's an historian. He's an academic. It's like a thousand pages long. It's, it's crazy. But in there, he documents how they themselves had written. And when I say they, I'm talking about the bankers, the international bankers, you know, JP Morgan, Rothschilds, Rockefellers, these interests had made it a habit where they would control both sides of the political party. And, th- and this has been a recurring theme. You know, it, I remember, for example, with George uh, W. Bush and George, um, John Forbes Carey from the opium smuggling Forbes family, smoking a, a massive amounts of opium. That's how they made their name. They both came from skull and bones, you know. Mm-hmm. This is it's just it's a recurring theme. It's like George Collins said, it's one big club and you ain't in, in it. it. That's it, yeah. brother. You yeah. um so the whole like Trump upset over Hillary Clinton, you think that that, that was staged, like that was a plan. It wasn't yeah. upset. It was so, so, presidents yeah. are selected, not elected, kind of thing. So so I remember the climate very well. At the time, the alternative media. Because I mean, I've been working, you know, within the alternative media for fucking a long time, man, over ten years, and watching all of this stuff unfold has been very interesting. Because the alternative media, I was looking at the polls. The polls were showing that people weren't trusting establishment media anymore. This was pre-Trump. Trump coming, oh, fake news, this fake. Long before Trump came along, the hardworking people behind the scenes in the alternative media who were not getting a paycheck to bullshit. They, through their hard work of exposing the system, through the internet, again, through free-flowing information, because this was pre-censorship, at least this level. There was censorship back then, I encountered it, but not this level. Pre-Trump, pre-that era, there was already a huge effort underway where people were becoming aware that the whole establishment is bullshit. Trump came along. And then moving forward, they associated the alternative media with Donald Trump. And the big issue with Trump is the guy, you know what, he, he drops some truth bombs, but then he says some stupid bullshit as well. And that's a wonderful way to undermine, sense, uh, undermine sensible debate. Because then, okay, you've got the circus show. Instead of going to the architects and engineers for 9-11 truth, let's see what Donald Trump is tweeting. Instead of going to the more than 40,000 doctors and scientists that are saying that the lockdowns are bullshit, let's go listen to what Donald Trump is saying. And then everybody gets associated with it. I cannot tell you how many times I've been accused of being like a, a Trump supporter. But then beyond that, let's, let's just establish a drop some objective truth bonds, right? Because people are like, oh, you know, he's fighting the system. 
So let, let's just explore that very quickly and then we'll, we'll move forward. Sure. First of all, Donald Trump was instrumental in fast tracking a vaccine. He appointed the dude that he appointed to hit it was from GlaxoSmithKline. GlaxoSmithKline is one of the most corrupt corporations in the world. Unethical experiments, bribing doctors, scientists. I mean, just all kinds of fucked up shit. He also claimed when he was running on, uh, for president, just like all of them do, he made all these bullshit claims that he was going to reinvestigate 9-11. He was going to go after the Saudis. He ended up doing a massive business deal with the Saudis. Didn't do shit about 9-11. He also said that he would legalize marijuana, didn't do shit about that. Said that he would arrest Hillary Clinton, didn't do shit about that. He said that he would audit the Federal Reserve Bank, the private Federal Reserve Bank, which is analogous to the Roman Senate from the past. He didn't do shit about that. He said that he would go after the bankers. He didn't do shit about that. In fact, he pardoned. That's just what I can remember off the top of my head, mm. right? Those are big things. Those are big things. And we need to hold these feet to the fire. And the last thing, and this is a very important point that I make. Imagine right now we were having this discussion, but we were given access to millions, not just millions, hundreds of millions of people around the world. Imagine we had that platform right now. And imagine we had foreknowledge that we were going to have that platform. I can tell you right now, as an mm. earnest truth seeker and speaker and warrior, I would pour everything out. And you know why? Because once you unleash the knowledge, once you unleash the truth, then people can guide themselves. Then the revolution will live on whether you make it or not. Has Donald Trump done that? Has any president done that with the platform that he's got? Hell no. And, you, and, and the thing is, just based on what we know, we can do some amazing things to wake people up, to empower them. That cat has got access to declassified, I mean, to classified documentation. I mean, it's, it's, it's comical. It's ridiculous in my yeah. mind, based on everything that I know, that this dude is, you know, oh, he's, he's up. He's, he's fighting for the system. He's fighting with the aliens to whatever he's doing. It's, it's bullshit, man. Man, I would I love, I'd love it, to get, yeah. I'd love to have David Whitehead and Gavin on together and have this debate. That would be fucking amazing. <laughs> is, 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 he, is he a Trump fan? Let's rock and roll, brother. Well, look, um, the thing well, is- Well, I don't know. He's got some, he's got some views. Um, yeah. it's, you can check out the episode and he, he makes some very valid points. He makes some very valid points, which, which makes a lot of sense. And he's someone that's personally yeah. gone through all the drops, um, et cetera, et cetera, as, as, as many have, um, and have, have put some, put some things together, but this just, this just shows more clear, more clearly than ever, um, the, the, the levels of confusion that can be dropped upon society and you're right because but now but now remember what i'm saying truth is reflected by reality right yeah they want in the same thing is it aligned with reality when i say that donald trump claimed he would investigate 9-11 but he didn't do it that's aligned with reality right so it's the truth is it aligned with reality that donald trump said he would audit the federal reserve and he didn't do it that's also aligned with the truth is it aligned with reality and therefore the truth that he said he would uh, prosecute Hillary Clinton and put her in jail? Yes, yes it is, yeah. and he didn't do that. So these things are aligned with reality. You know yeah, what I mean? I mean and it's just, just objectively, objectively, if this yeah. person had the interest of the people, you're right. Of course, you're in this position. Wouldn't you just fucking drop everything? Wouldn't you just dig? Wouldn't you just, you mean? Can you, can you imagine? You, can you imagine you had his platform? I would, you know what? All you do is you, you sit down there, and this cat also has access to information that we have no clue about. Right. This is just the stuff that we know about. He has access to shit that we have no clue about. 
Now imagine you could get the best advisors, you could get all these different individuals, aggregate that knowledge, come up with something really skilled. You could even drop billions of dollars because he's rich to create a Hollywood movie. You could do all kinds of things to reach people in an unprecedented way, but has he done that? No, he's, he's, a, he's a showman. That's what he is. The dude, this is what I tell people about actors, right? Good actors go into Hollywood, but the best actors go into politics. <laughs> That's it. And, we'll, and Barack we'll Obama before that. him, and listen, and Barack Obama before him was the same shit. Yeah. Same shit. Yeah, it's the same stuff, man. And people just never learn. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked with Joe Biden. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out that chess move because he's just a fucking clown. <laughs> that dude is just, he's something else. What was it? What was my, the my thing boy I Jason. Said? What was the thing I said you Joel, the other day where he was like 700, 700 billion, billion, 500 million, trillion, <laughs> 300 million. Like he, I'm like, that dude, what the fuck? Yeah. That, but you see, the, the what chess is the chess move? move? It, what do you think is the chess move? What it could potentially be, right, is I see a lot of people around the world right now where they're calling for the fall of America, the fall of capitalism and all that bullshit. Not realizing that agents of deception, man, they don't give a, a shit about your ideology. They don't care about the constructs that you believe in because they create these constructs. So the American empire as a concept, it will fall. And the reason why I'm talking about this is because a tactic that, and this is based on my own interpretations and my own experiences, a tactic that has been commonly used in so-called third world countries is you put just ridiculous leaders in place. People that people know overwhelmingly is so corrupt that they become a very easy individual to blame. Oh, this you know, shit's falling apart because look at our politics, look at this clown that's in power. It is possible that he will be the beginning of the proverbial end for the American empire in a sense, but it's not gonna be any major changes. Cause like I said, you've got families that have literally been in power for over a thousand years. Some of them claim to have, like the Orsini, they claim that they date all the way back to ancient Rome and the emperors. I don't know if that's true or not. That's what they claim. You have these families in power and they don't care. Sure, you get public uh, awareness and opinion to be against the United States. Okay, we'll have that fall as a construct. We'll just come up with another one. That's all it is. So uh, that's purely speculation. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. But Joe Biden's a fucking, he's a clown. Anybody can see he's a clown. Stevie Wonder can see he's a fucking clown. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, he could hear he's a clown. That's for sure. Apparently Stevie can see. Yeah, Apparently Stevie Wonder can see. <laughs> is that the biggest sigh up? Is that I wouldn't be? Is that the sigh up right there, dude? <laughs> That'd be wild if you can. Um, oh, real quickly, I don't know why I just feel like bringing this up. We're talking about politics. We're talking about Hollywood. No, so Mel Gibson right. supposedly making some movie on the Rothschilds that I keep hearing. Have you heard really? anything about that? That's Have you heard that? No, actually, I haven't. No, I haven't. But yeah. look, I'm also somebody I don't really watch uh, much TV. I, I do try. Obviously, you got to keep a pulse on things to some extent, right? Sometimes you got to watch these things just to know what kind of bullshit they're cooking up and stuff. That's interesting, though. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll give it a watch. Yeah, I mean, I don't know when it's coming out, but, you know, in the alternative world, I'd heard he was making a movie about something, you know, they're saying, because, you know, also like he's a fan of Trump and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, no, it's he's he's got one coming out on child sex trafficking with the other outspoken actor who was the actor for Passion of the Christ. Oh, oh, Jim Caviezel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that that's a Mel Gibson movie? It's a Mel Gibson movie. Oh, I don't know. The Passion of Christ as far as I know it is, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, that one, but the movie with Jim Caviezel. Anyways, how far does this go, man? How 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 far does this construct extend beyond us? Like, how to, to what level are these are these strings pulled? Just thinking about how far ahead they're thinking about our psychology, right? Is just it's it's a tough one to gauge. It is a yeah. difficult one to gauge, and you can get. You can yeah. tumble down that rabbit hole forever because then yeah. what you do is you start to explore the realm of infinite possibility. Yeah. And in the realm of infinite possibility, you'll just get exhausted, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, so it's a tricky one. It's a tricky so one. based on that, yeah, because yeah, we, can, we can sit here and we can talk about all this stuff and what's happening and go down the rabbit holes. Though, what is the solution? Like for each individual person, you know, what do you think needs to be done for more awakening because you said something before that I really liked where you talk shit about politics and one of the first things that really woke you up was psychology and something mm. that I've I say often teachers of mine have said is like the answer isn't in politics the answer is in psychology it's in self-knowledge it's understanding yourself on the deepest level Absolutely. because these social yeah. engineers these architects of control they know us better than we know ourselves so we have to fight fire with fire in that sense yeah, what you you hit the the nail on the head, brother. That's that's precisely what it is. We need self knowledge. The, the thing is, once you actually gain a rudimentary and an introductory understanding, you don't have to be like a fucking. Like I said, I got kicked out of high school. If I can learn about this shit, anybody can learn about this shit. You know, it's not rocket science. It's just about putting in the time, the energy, and the effort. And then when you learn the fundamentals that's all it takes you just learn some fundamentals that they use and you learn a bit of history and you see the patterns and you see the tactics that they use against us once that happens you have now armed yourself to protect yourself and then these things no longer work on you right so i wholeheartedly agree a good place for people to start anybody that may be listening now and they just feel overwhelmed by all of this shit. And I'm sure i can completely empathize with that i've had the privilege and the good fortune of becoming disillusioned over a very long period of time. A lot of people right now, they're being slapped mm -hmm. very hard <laughs> with a lot of information. And, and for anybody, that's a, a lot to digest. But I would say for people, a good place to start is just by researching neuroscience, how your mm -hmm. own brain works. Classical conditioning as well is, is a good one. And actually a really a brilliant book, possibly the best book that has, at least that I know of, that's been written in modern times of how the ruling class operates and the tactics of propagandists is Edward Bernays. He wrote a book called Propaganda. And the reason why he was very frank in naming the book Propaganda is because back then it wasn't considered like a, a dirty word, you know, it wasn't, yeah. And he's a, he's a good guy to look into. He's actually, he's got another book too. I think it may have been crystallizing public opinion i can't actually mm -hmm. remember well, but but he's a good guy to look into yeah well, well uh i love that you said that because while you're in the middle of giving your recommendations uh one of the documentaries that i refer to people especially people who are more more visual is the century of self by adam curtis absolutely which yeah. is goes that's, into that, that, that's actually that's actually what put me onto edward bernays with that yeah. documentary and I feel like it's a good um, bridge. You know, you're not going to be like, hey, go research about the Illuminati and all these books. And it's just like, right. here, here to, you know, it was on the BBC. Route, yeah, like the BBC created it, whatever, 16, 17 years ago. And uh, I thought it's intelligently made. It's what, four, four 50 minute episodes, something like that. Um, Very well it's, it's amazing how many people do not know who he is. Yeah. You bring and, up and his you know, name and they're like, well, who's that? 
Yeah, and just to put it into context for anybody that's listening now, Edward Bernays was named one of the 100 most influential Americans of the 20th century. Okay, now bear in mind on that list, Al Capone didn't make that list, Michael Jordan didn't make that list, and not one single president made that list, but he made that list. Yeah, okay, that puts it to perspective how influential that dude is. And I, I can go through the list of he he has literally pioneered the tactics of propaganda. He's known as the father of public relations. He's the nephew of Sigmund Freud, the father of psychoanalysis. Yeah, and, and well. he, he's he's done so much crazy shit that still goes on today. Like he pioneered front groups for corporations to use. CIA does the same shit. He, uh, also, uh, manipulating the associative memory, he did the same thing. He got women to smoke cigarettes. It's, it's just crazy yeah. stuff. There's I a quote. A, oh, you, oh you have a quote by him? <laughs> Which no, one? Do we have the same one? Which is the conscious and intelligent manipulation, that one? No. Uh, you can read your quote. <laughs> I'll read this one. I love this quote from Bernays that I, I've, I've shared so often. But the conscious and intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society. Those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government, which is the true ruling power of our country. We are governed. Our minds are molded. Our tastes formed. Our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of. Anyways, it keeps going on and on and on, but that's a, just a quote that I, I really yeah, and like that's from that. the book Propaganda, man. People yeah. need to read that book. Yeah, and then another good book that's a short read from the late 19, late 1800s. Um, was it the psychology of the crowd by Gustave Le Bon, which goes and into Gustave Le Bon actually, yeah, and he actually influenced Edward Bernays. That was yeah. Gustave Le Bon and Wolfert Trotter. They were big influences in Edward Bernays. Yeah. Wow. Knowledge feel- is power, my man. Critical thinking is power, though. That's for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no substitute. I tell people there's fucking no substitute for critical thinking, man. Are you familiar with the knowledge the of-, of the world? Doesn't mean shit if you can't think for yourself. Yeah. Are you familiar with the work of Michael Tessarian? Gavin? I, I am. I am familiar. I haven't I, I haven't heard from him in a long time. I think he actually follows me on Twitter. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I haven't well, heard from him in a long time. His his yeah. platform is called Unslaved now. Um all, all his work is locked behind this platform. That's actually how Erasmus and I met. Um Erasmus was a guest on his podcast and I was listening oh, to awesome, it. Man. And then I oh, reached fantastic. out. Then we started this podcast. Then we both ended up on oh, Michael's podcast man. together. What two weeks, oh, two wow, weeks ago? Awesome, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And, my, and look, he's a proper OG. That dude is oh, a proper yeah, yeah. OG. Yeah. yeah. And he's and, someone who's introduced us to understanding the psychology of the crowd in in a much deeper way and, and the names that we've mentioned. Sure. And, yeah. But he, yeah, he, and, would, and, he would disagree with you on, on Martin Luther. Uh, yeah, look, as far as Martin Luther goes, I'm not a fan of him. Let me just yeah. clarify that. Martin Luther... He, it's it's a classic case of somebody that you know he what he did was extraordinary hypocritical. He he came into power he, some where somehow he must have done a deal. He was instrumental uh, instrumental excuse me in compulsory education in mandating compulsory education. Uh, he, the compulsory education system can actually be traced back to him. Yeah. And what he did was there were all these revolutions in Europe, like uh, peasant revolutions and you know what this dude did it was extraordinary uh extraordinarily hypocritical man slapped the shit out of the fucking guy is he <laughs> sided with he sided with the new establishment which is mm. interesting because it, that, that means there's a lot more to to digest and pick apart there but he sided with the new establishment authorities like the order of the teutonic knights and what became prussia the military power he sided with them and he went ahead and he stated that 
uh, the, I think it was the divine right of kings, which is a passage from the Bible where he claims that all authorities, all earthly authorities have been picked by God. And isn't and that a it, fundamental associative memory, right? The state and God. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We can also explore that, man, because that's the rulers going back as far as you can remember. Yeah. We can even talk about the Anunnaki. That's an interesting <laughs> one as well. No, really, there's a lot of I'm shit. Happy to, I'm happy to, man. Before we go on on yeah. this one, let me, let me, let me drop this quote um, by Martin Luther. Even if those in authority are evil or without faith, Nevertheless, the authority and its power is good and from God. Therefore, wherever there is power and where it flourishes, there it is and there it remains because God has ordained it. Mm. And, and, and you see something that he also very conveniently did there is mm. he exempted himself from that because <laughs> he violated that shit himself. Yeah, he did. He violated that shit himself. He, he went after the Pope and he called the Pope the Antichrist and shit. And look, it was very powerful because for the first time, he defied and disobeyed the Pope. And that created a, a collective disillusionment because that's their power. Their authority is fucking, it's imaginary. Even the shit with all the masks, it's, uh, it's imaginary. That's why yeah. it's such a brilliant chess movie. If you can get everybody to wear masks, it creates the illusion of a consensus. It creates a perception. And if you can dominate perception, you can dominate people's interpretation of reality, right? Yeah. But if you look at objective reality, that this virus, whether people believe it's real or not, it's not deadly for the overwhelming majority at all. Yeah. Not fucking at all. But anyways, yeah, Martin Luther, I'm glad that you actually mentioned it because I don't want anybody to misinterpret that I'm a fucking fan of his. He was mm -hmm. a bigot. And, and I mean, there, there might have been some weird shit going on there. What's interesting about as well, just very quickly about the whole Protestant Reformation, that history is, is very well taught, right? People know a lot about that. What they don't realize is it was something called the Radical Reformation. And the Radical Reformation, you know what they did to these dudes? These were the guys that were straight up like anarchists. We don't want any form of government. The, the so-called Protestant Reformation, they just kind of veered away a little bit, but not all that different, you know, to the traditional power structure. The Radical Reformation, they were that's full on freedom, no governments. And a good number of these cats were just outright murdered because that's what they do with the real truth warriors. They eliminate them. Yo, bro, why are you still alive then? <laughs> I, I, I'm still putting in the legwork. <laughs> I'm still putting in the legwork. Oh, man, I love it. Uh, All right, dude. All right, so where does, where, bring, us, bring us home, bro. Where's this link all the way down the line to the Anunnaki? Well, look, there's a, that's where we enter the realm of speculation. But the reason why I actually uh, mentioned it originally is how you were saying, like, isn't that the ultimate yeah. form of classical conditioning and the manipulation of associative memory? So, you know, in the past with the Egyptian pharaohs or in Rome with the emperors, what they would do, their claim to fame was they would associate themselves with divinity, with some kind of gods. In ancient Greece, they did the same thing. Well, a lot of people in the world today, in fact, just about everybody that I've come across, they don't consider the potential and the possibility that the Anunnaki themselves did not create human beings, as many people believe, but that's actually a form of ancient and old propaganda. Because if you can convince people that you are a God, then they will worship you. It's a very tried and true and played out mechanism, but it's been used over and over again. Like uh, the great mystic Ernest Holmes said, we are bound by nothing but belief. 
So if you can get this element, you know, these Anunnaki characters to, and they get people to convince them, oh, you know, we are gods, you need to serve us, then people will, they'll buy down, they'll capitulate. And the reason why I say this is because I don't buy the story that we were created to be slaves. Humans make fucking terrible slaves. And you might be saying, but the Quran you gave and all these people with a face mask, if we were such great slaves, it wouldn't require 12 years of mandated schooling and it wouldn't require uh, trillion dollar propaganda campaigns and incessant uh, meddling with our minds and above and beyond all else we wouldn't have an imagination imagination in and of itself is revolutionary because it can think beyond the system so either that means invariably two possibilities either that's a bullshit story it's a form of ancient propaganda or they were incompetent geneticists one of the two mm. either way that doesn't make them no fucking gods in my book so yeah. I, I don't know if it is, I don't know if they are real or not, but they certainly don't qualify as gods in my book. My God is humanity, integrity, and truth. They're principles. And that's what guides me. And, and those are the only things that are infallible. Well, there's no denying that there's a natural cosmic order to things, right? Like if anyone really is to observe reality and understand what the great hermetic axiom as above, so below, as within, so without is, is really pointing at, and this continually unfolding process that is human, that is spirit, that is God through us, um, then, uh, yeah, I, I don't believe that either. Yeah, no, I just don't buy it, cousin. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm aware of my ignorance of the little, 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 teeny, teeny bit that I, that I think I know, but it just doesn't make logical sense. You know? It just does not make logical sense. So do you believe in aliens? Well, it depends on how you define aliens, um, but I definitely believe they are possibly. Is there a galactic federation? It's interesting you mentioned that there was a there was a hacker named Gary McKinnon. He actually hacked into I think it was uh, NASA's computers, and they did try to pursue him. They tried to get him to come to the U.S. to prosecute him, and he claims that there is. He claims when he looked into the information, they have entire spaceship fleets that are named after, just like we would name vessels and so on and so forth. He also claimed there was an entire department dedicated to photoshopping UFOs out of images. And it was a very quiet story. They didn't pay much attention mm -hmm. to it. So it always goes on my radar. And then there's other interesting stories like uh, Phil Schneider, the guy about the underground bunkers and how he suicided himself. His friend also suicided himself, and he specifically said he would never commit suicide. He claimed there's all kinds of different alien species already on Earth. So I think it's, it's objectively speaking, if it is true that there are, you know, they say there's hundreds of billions of Earth-like planets in our galaxy alone, and then based on what they claim, there's allegedly two trillion, with a T, trillion galaxies in the known universe, that's unquantifiable. And to imagine that there's not some other species there that has already mapped out the entire universe, galaxies, and so on and so forth, and probably come here and colonize this place. And what's going on in this place is probably going on in multiple planets. It's, it's a logical possibility to consider. So cool to think about. Yeah, man. I just love thinking about it. You I, know? I, I, look, I think that we're going to get a lot of answers in our lifetime. Yeah. yeah. But whatever's so. going on right now in our world, it's, I can tell you, with, I mean, I don't want to say I can tell you, but I suspect and I confidently suspect that it's coming from the highest levels. Gotcha. And the highest level may not be earthly authority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, my, that's my suspicion. So do, do, you think, do you think this is like a counter to a greater natural disclosure that is happening? 
when you say a greater natural disclosure, do you mean are you like insinuating in terms of the reports that have been coming out about UFOs and stuff? Or well, are there are there are there, are there opposing forces? Is there is there one force that wants humanity to be aware of something further than what they know in terms of our, our place in the a, universe, a, a, a galactic family, quote unquote? And could right. what we're experiencing now be some kind of counter to stop or or prevent that in some kind of way? That's just. An idea. I think that what you're saying actually happened already many, many thousands of years ago, maybe tens of thousands, maybe even millions of years ago. I think that's why we have a collective amnesia. And that's why very clearly when you go into, there's a good book, The Forbidden Archaeologist, and just similar information. Graham Hancock has also got some interesting stuff where there's very a, a clear and concerted effort to ensure that people do not awaken to the past, that they do not look into the ancient history. So my suspicion is, and again, this is just me purely speculating, that there is truth to that. It was actually not long ago, there were scientists that speculated that human beings come from Mars. They were very serious about that. But my suspicion is we are currently faced with a situation where the enemy thousands, possibly tens of thousands, maybe millions of years ago, gained the upper hand. So that collective awakening, uh, I think it's, I think this is a struggle that's been a long time in the making, man. Yeah. What a great time for us to be alive. Yeah. It is. It's, this is, it's a privilege and it's, it's so interesting to consider why, you know, is it chance? Is it choice? Is it fate? Like, why are we uh, specifically now? But whatever the reason may be, we are here. And whether we go down swinging or we wave that flag triumphantly, everybody, anybody needs to stand the fuck up and fight back. Yeah. What, what you know, you're doing a lot of speculation, which I appreciate. What do you speculate is going to happen in the next two to three years? Very difficult to say, but I think the push towards transhumanism is going to become clearer. There's a lot of possibilities again. So depending on how this all plays out, depending on how the population responds to the measures being taken against them, there's other cards that can be played, right? There's other chess moves that can be can be implemented. They can impose a, an internet blackout, which I'm surprised they haven't already done because that's probably the most skillful movement on move on their part because that's really what's undermining them. That's what's been undermining them. If there's one thing that they need to reset, it's the internet. There could also be some massive civil war as predicted in the social dilemma film, because that'll also justify rolling back on the internet. There could be a, an unprecedented false flag, some kind of an alien invasion, you know, real or simulated. Mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of possibilities, but I think in the next three years, we're already living through some crazy shit now, but I think it's going to get crazier. I well, isn't isn't the reality that we're currently living through a depopulation event? It's taking place right here, right now, in the form of this this vaccine. Well, look, it's, with it's, our immune systems being yeah. completely shot from this constant mask wearing. So the thing is, with that, we we can we can speculate, but what is indisputable in reference to depopulation is currently around 8% of the world's population, which is half a billion people around the UN's university. So it's a mainstream source. They claim that 8% of the world's population, roughly half a billion people, are being pushed into poverty. 
Now, I, I sift through science all the time. That's why when this stuff started, I knew it was coming. I know about these studies. There's decades of these studies, and they span continents, right? When unemployment goes up, deaths go up, heart attacks go up. Mm -hmm. Every disease you can think of goes up. When stress is accentuated, premature death from all causes goes up. Social anxiety, you know, all of it, uh, deaths go up. An additional 130 million people are also starving to death. And this was just a report that came out in 2020. So in that way, and that's the World Food Program that said that in that way, we have mainstream sources talking about 130 million people at least starving to death. So that is depopulation because it's unnecessary, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is half a billion people that are being pushed into unemployment. And then, of course, suicide spikes also with unemployment and also suicide spikes when there's this huge uh, social isolation. Social, social isolation, excuse me, also accentuates the risk of premature death. So there's that. That is clearly depopulation. Yeah. It's indisputable. It doesn't matter how we feel about it. The world is getting depopulated because of these lockdowns. That's yeah. the reality. They blame you on the coronavirus, but the coronavirus is not a fucking policymaker. Governments mm -hmm. are policymakers. They are the ones that make the decision. In terms of the vaccine itself, sorry, Joe. No, I'll it. just wrap it up here quickly. Okay. In terms of the vaccine itself, from what I've looked into, uh, there's a couple of possibilities with that as well. But Sukharit Bhakti, he had a pretty insightful take on what the vaccines do, which is, and he's an immunologist. He's also a microbiologist. So he's somebody that he knows about this stuff. He's a Thai uh, German expert, highly cited. Of course, now they're trying to undermine him because he's been so vocal against, against all of this. And he has, he's had a pretty good explanation in this one interview and the other ones is not so good. Scientists aren't the best at communicating their thoughts, unfortunately. But he explained that what this does is it hypersensitizes your immune response. So even if you don't have a bad reaction initially, in the future, when you encounter other coronaviruses, which you undoubtedly will, because we have been encountering coronaviruses since we were born, pretty much, you know, all of our lives, there are many coronaviruses. The next time that you encounter one, it could be a year from now, it could be two years, it could be three, four, five your immune system is going to have a hypersensitive, a hypersensitive immune reaction to that that could potentially be lethal, which is very, very dangerous. Very, very dangerous. And then, of course, there's also the, the prospect of it being used like for some kind of nanotech, right? They could be putting some shit inside you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Who knows? Linked with the 5G, Starling. Keep that shit away from me. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Look, it's, it's very eerie how it has very much coincided with the release of oh. 5G, all of this. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, I've said this before, but I think for anyone with discerning eyes, the slow, but not so slow, tiptoe, but not so tiptoe towards transhumanism is quite, quite obvious. Oh, absolutely, cousin. Absolutely. And at this point, it's so obsessive and rabid and uncompromising this push yeah i just don't see how people can't be just a little fucking suspicious i mean damn you know yeah. well let's let, let, let's let's get into that i mean convenience is the killer right comfort is the killer and uh, that's all that's that's all they've been conditioned to want and care about it's let it's the removal of responsibility it's the it's the disintegration of the self of the individual so however however 
easier life can be for me, I'm going to take it. You know what I mean? If you're going to give me a donut for a vaccine, then fine. I'll take the donut. <laughs> yeah. Homo Simpson yeah, style. It beats questioning <laughs> all every belief that has been handed to me or that I've absorbed into my consciousness from day one of birth. They're like, nah, thinking, self-knowledge, challenging my beliefs. Nah, fuck that shit. Give me a donut. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm good. Give me donuts and free beer and fucking concert tickets and enter me into the lottery. I mean, it's it's so silly, the shit. Well, look, one of the saddest things in all of this that I've as well seen is where you see certain individuals that you would never think they would fall for this kind of shit, fall for it. And even celebrities who seem like pretty fucking cool people are just... You know, being a, a fucking mindless echo in all of this. Like, for example, I saw, let's say, The Rock. The Rock is an extremely fit individual. He doesn't have to fucking promote vaccines. That's highly irresponsible. Yeah. But it, well, but he. But I believe some, he's. Unless they got some dirt on him. Look, and that's also very possible. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm really possible. curious about that whole idea of like compromised positions by some of these people in power and then like what's the yeah. right thing what's the right trigger or the right life the world event to to yeah. cash in and all these with some of these yeah it's a very real thing well the latest it's a very real article yeah. the latest article now is um jennifer aniston has ditched all her unvaxxed friends so just the the, the little programming yeah. right the little the little separate yeah. division kind of thing well, coming in there and it happens <laughs> all there's these little themes in the media that happen all at once so you just see this yeah this full pronged assault from every angle from, you know, on the internet. It's so obvious. It just seems so obvious to me. They use the same languaging at at this certain time. And that seems to be the thing right now, what you're saying, Joel. So, yeah, um, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. So what is, are you guys? Sorry, go ahead. No, you go go ahead. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) No, you go. Okay. I'll go. No, you go. You go. So let, let me ask you guys, are you familiar with uh, Plato's allegory of the cave? Yes. Yes, though I'd love to hear your interpretation and explanation of it. Yeah, it's just basically when the media, they overwhelmingly focus on one thing, it's the same old bullshit. You know, that story is from over 2,300 years ago, and it's just shadows in the cave. That's all yeah. it is. They, they're shining up those shadows, and they want you to see those shadows. Yeah. It's as simple as that. How, uh, like, what I understand is how are people still paying attention to the media? How are still people giving any worth to anything that will go on Netflix? How are, how are people still being gaslighted by this mechanism, this organization that has lied to them over and over and over again? Such confusion, such to and fro, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's the basis of psychological warfare is the fact that none of this makes fucking sense and they've changed their minds yes. on these things. People love their chains. Oh, bro. Yeah, look, it's like Voltaire said, it is difficult to free fools from the chains they revere. And that's mm-hmm. the fucking truth, man. Very, very difficult. And interestingly, you just reminded me, Netflix, and this is it's so bizarre, but Netflix, I think it's the grandson or the great-grandson of Edward, Edward Bernays. Edward Bernays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No fucking way. I, I mean, no yeah. way. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah it is. <laughs> Oh, no joke. No I joke. Is his name Mark? And then, and then, I don't know. Yeah. I can't remember his name. And then, and then the other dude that's involved with him has got connections to military intelligence. It's it's ridiculous, man. And that's how these cats these, normally operate. It's like these families, generational. Man, you know, the generations. And they'll like, change I mean, their name. They'll marry into this family. You know, they'll be a descendant. But uh, the shit goes way back. Like just 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 on Netflix. Thinking back on it, like. Yeah. 
I turned, I'm, I'm, not, not vegan, I'm not vegan now, but I was vegan for a long time because of those two documentaries on Netflix, right? Cowspiracy and what the hell. Yeah. And now right. we see the whole vegan right. fake meat agenda coming out. Um, plus obviously the climate change string. Um, but yeah, man. I'm gonna tell you what's been coming for a long time. Ever since yeah. Al Gore's fucking bullshit documentary. Yeah. What a, what a joke. Yeah, Mark Bernays Randolph is his name. That's in co-founder. Randolph. I wonder if, if he's in any way. No, no, I'm thinking of something else. Never mind. That's fucking insane. Getting ahead of myself. Yeah, even says here. But that's how, that's how yeah. it is, cousin. That's how it is. I mean, it, it, like just off the top of my head, you know, the Bush family, they've got a generations as well of mm-hmm. different criminals. Obviously, we've got Prince Scott Bush who worked with the Nazis, but if you go further back to the Walker bloodline, so George Walker Bush, the Walker uh, bloodline were prominent family, I mean, slave uh, traders. Mm-hmm. These people go back, man, and, and they've been causing death and destruction on our planet for an incredibly long time. And while we argue and blame each other for the bullshit that they've created, they just laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, it's like that one meme that has been going around for so long of all like, I think Bush and all the old guys laughing. You know, they're like laughing and then people just put whatever they want on it. And it's, it's the truth, man. Oh, uh, yeah, that's for what, sure. That's why that I think the, like the multi- multiple times, multiple times a month, I think. Man, I wish George Carlin was alive during during this whole thing, man. I'd just love to hear what he'd have to say. He's actually got a really awesome video where he, he talks specifically about people's fear of uh, diseases. Because oh, I yeah, made the, a, a meme. The, the immune yeah. system one. Yeah, it's great. Yes. Yeah, I made he a meme fucking on... swimming in the Hudson River or whatever. The fuck yeah, he was brutal, guys. He was fucking brutal, man. Yeah. What's the call? And, uh, I made a... Sorry? What's what? that one called? The George Carlin? I mean, just do Google, like search online for George Carlin germs okay. or something. And yeah, yeah. And if you and look, if you can't find it, I'll, I'll send it to you. But you should be able to find it. That the dude who has, I think he, he like does those comic drawings, you know, where they, they draw yep. all the guy talks and stuff. Mm-hmm. He made one specifically on that as well. Like I've noticed whoever that individual is, he's, he's slowly trying to wake people up, you know, but in, a, in an innocuous way, in a kind of yep. gentle I think Wait, he just got without getting shut down. That guy. Oh, he did. No, yeah. really. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. it happens, brother. Man, on, on on that note, I've got this. I've got this quote here. I wonder if you can tell me who it's by. <clears throat> the greatest threat to mankind and all of life on this beautiful planet <laughs> is not climate change, overpopulation, terrorism, racism, resource scarcity, or some deadly disease. No, the greatest threat to mankind is the same today as it was over a thousand years ago. We are ruled by parasitical psychopaths who plunge us into war, manipulate us against each other, and flood our minds with fear, hate, bigotry, and ignorance with every chance that they get by the 21st century philosopher, Gavin Nascimento. (laughs) (laughs) It's insane, bro. It's insane to think how far back these people have been pulling the strings and they're really just the same people. Yeah, look, the allegory of the cave is also something that I like to mention to people. It's a, it's a really good start to points. Also, ancient Rome is a, is a very good case study because what people don't realize is back then, if we were alive to the, to back then, let's say, right, we're having this conversation, what was being advertised by the propagandists which represented the media or the architecture, which was also a form of propaganda back then, what was being held up to people is that they lived in a democratic republic. They believed that. And if you had made the claim that one man, Augustus, 
Gaius Octavius, who was the first emperor of Rome, that he was really in control of everything, people would have said that you are batshit crazy. Oh, you're just a conspiracy theorist. But now in hindsight, historically, we know that this one guy was really pulling all the strings. Mm. His successor later on, uh, who was it Caligula, or no, no, Tiberius, before Caligula, Tiberius, he didn't even live in Rome. He lived on an island in the middle of nowhere, and he was the emperor. He controlled the place. So when we say stuff like this today, people think it's nonsensical, it's bullshit, it's ridiculous. But that's why history is so important, because it allows you to align yourself with objective reality beyond public speculation, beyond subjective opinions, beyond things that can easily be manipulated when people have no knowledge of the past. Yeah, absolutely, man. And one thing that I'm noticing just... I'm not putting everyone in the same boat, but with some sections of the quote unquote truth community is that, you know I mean? We, 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 they disdain history now also because it's like, on what level have we been lied to? You know what I mean? Like where, where, where do we go to look for actual history now? You know I mean, what, what element of our history it's is still- It's very, authentic? very difficult. Yeah. That's yeah. where the work lies that's, too. That's free, very you know, difficult. This, this, yeah, this is the to sermon, take... bro. Yeah. yeah you got to put a lot of leg work in. And it is about discernment. That's a big one. Yes. And, and the thing is that the methodology, see, that's what is so important for people to understand. The methodology of the ruling class, it hasn't fundamentally changed over the ages. They just, they remix it. That's all they do. You know, like um, I made that meme about, for example, with the so-called Bolshevik revolution or the communist revolution. And you know, they had this huge Cold War scare, the Red Scare. And what they did with this was they used it as justification to spike taxes, to get people to pay higher taxes, to finance defense, uh, also pass new restrictive laws, to censor freedom of speech, to target certain groups, not just so-called communists, but also anarchists and anybody you wanted to lay blame on. And uh, Emma Goldman, for example, she was a famous anarchist, they deported her. And then this also resulted in record profits for the military industrial complex. And it was also used as justification to invade democratically elected governments all around the world, right? In Congo, in Chile, in uh, Guatemala, in all these different places that had nothing to do with communism. Well, in hindsight, we now know from Professor Anthony Sutton, brilliant researcher. If there's one person I tell people to look into, it's always Anthony Sutton's work. Absolutely brilliant, meticulous, great researcher, verified uh, information, not just speculation and bullshit. He wrote a book called Bolshevik, um, Bolshevik, Wall Street, excuse me, Wall Street and the Bolshevik Revolution, where he showed that they were bankrolled. The communist revolution was bankrolled by, by Wall Street. The Soviet military regime was bankrolled by the Western establishment. So they, they've got this narrative. So they create, they create the fear problem, right? You create a problem, you anticipate the reaction, which is fear. Fear is great for control. Machiavelli wrote about that in The Prince several centuries ago. It's one of the greatest mechanisms of control problem reaction and then you provide a solution right oh you know we're going to pass new laws for your safety oh we, we need we need more taxpayers money for your safety we need to go and invade this country for your safety after that then they did it with the war on drugs oh drugs are this invisible enemy is going to come get you what do we have to do okay we have to pass new stringent laws we have to target certain individuals we have to spend more money and uh, send more people to prison right and then this results in record profits for the prison industrial complex. Then they do the same thing with the war on terrorism. And you, you, you've got the 9-11 event. Well, a four-year peer-reviewed study shows that from Professor Halsey at Alaska University, 
shows the official story is absolutely impossible. And the architects and engineers movement they have showed it's fucking bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. In addition to that, then also you have the FBI creating fake terror plots as documented by Trevor Aronson in his book, The Terror Factory, where over 95% of so-called terrorist plots are actually concocted, created, and they are fake from the FBI. So when you see this repeated theme, you see problem, reaction, solution, problem, reaction, solution. Now with this COVID-19 bullshit, you look at the lockdown, the study that kickstarted all of this came from Imperial College London. Imperial College London is a, is a big pharma vaccine partner. So they have huge conflicts of interest. They also have a history of terrible predictions. The guy who led the study, Professor Neil Ferguson, yeah, Professor Neil Ferguson, this motherfucker, he's a, he's a past paid consultant of GlaxoSmithKline, the leading vaccine producer in the world, and Hoffman LaRoche. Uh, Imperial College London also, I think it's two or three of their past presidents come directly from the big pharma vaccine industry. That same month they produced those results, they got over $90 million from the Gates Foundation. And then since that time, and then since that time, because this study was never published in the science journal, it was never fucking peer reviewed, but it's, it's known that this was the study that kickstarted lockdowns all around the world. Since that time, independent researchers and other scientists have tried to replicate the findings and they said, and I quote, it is impossible to do. It is impossible to do. That's, that's the shit that led us into this. And now when you look at the actual objective statistics in, I don't know about all the countries, but this I looked at just the other day, in the US and Italy, and I would imagine it's similar in different parts of the world. In these countries, 95% of deaths are in people over the age of 65. Less than 1%, less than 1% are in people under the age of 29. I mean, not mentioning that kind of shit is high, highly highly deceptive it's mm-hmm. highly surreptitious if you look at world Domito, which is trusted for their statistical analysis all over the world including johns hopkins university gets the statistics from them over the past year more than 99 percent of people who have been infected have been in i quote in mild condition and studies repeatedly show that natural immunity has between i think it's uh, 80 something percent to 100 percent reliability that, and the World Health Organization, they documented that shit themselves last, or oh, excuse me, in June in their own publication. They, so you, you see the same pattern, the same shit being used in ancient Rome, it was the barbarians. Oh, the barbarians are scary. Oh, we need more of your taxpayer money. We need to defend you. It's the same shit over and over and over. So when you learn about it, it becomes a lot easier to see through the bullshit. Yeah. It's a loop. It's a loop, bro. It's That's different, it. Different context. Yeah. Just remixing. Time goes That's on all it is, technology yeah. marches forward. Just yeah. remixing it, brother. And each establishment, what they'll do is they'll expose our backwards the, and the corruption of the previous establishment. So then the people of this current generation think they're so sophisticated and fucking woke and all that shit. But it's yeah. the same old bullshit. Yeah. That's the other thing, bullshit, too, man. with this whole thing, we think, oh, man, how can everyone just fall for this? But people think they're so woke or too smart to be fooled. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's what it comes down to. I, I can never never be fooled. I'm so smart. I have all but these who, devices. But who are you, who are you educated by? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And you see, that's the other thing, the, the foundation of all, excuse me, knowledge and awareness, and I'm paraphrasing somebody else, it may have been attributed to Confucius or even Socrates. The foundation of all understanding, awareness and knowledge is the awareness and realization of your own ignorance. All of us are ignorant. It is inescapable because oh, what reality represents is it's impossible to digest all of that. And like we were saying now, we don't know how many dimensions there are. We don't know how many galaxies there are. We don't know how many planets there are. What, what we know is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. It's, it's, yeah. it's very, very, it's it, very small. 
it's so humbling. And I always come back to that when people feel like they're so sure of themselves. And yes, I can be self-righteous at times and think that I have the answers, but it's like, man, there's so much fucking history and time and things. And you're going to sit here. You've been on this planet for however long in this period. And you're going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, that's fucking bullshit. That's bullshit. You're crazy. Like what? Like how many millions of years? Like what is the history of this planet? Who was here? What galaxies, what spaceships landed here? If they did, if they like, just to be open to that possibility is so humbling, man. It's like, I'm and, in and awe. So like, it's, that it's awesome this, yeah. to think about that. Like, it's absolutely yeah. awesome. Yeah. And I think that's the driving force between, but through, uh, can we talk, driving force of why <laughs> we do what we do. And we do it to certain levels. And even this conversation, this is is humbling and, and proving my ignorance because there's things and rabbit holes that you've gone down and things that you said. I was like, oh, I haven't read that book. I haven't gone through that line of research. And so I, I'm open to that. I love that, man. I love when people, when I connect with people and they're just dropping some wisdom and knowledge. I'm like, man, that's dope. Yeah. And, wow. and see, that's a beautiful thing because that, that right there is the mentality we need to collectively develop. Because when we exchange knowledge and when we exchange ideas, we enrich ourselves, right? Like you don't lose anything by entertaining or learning something from somebody else. But when you engage in debate, you don't gain anything. The only thing you lose is your peace. You don't gain anything. You know what I mean? And, and, and let me not say debate. Let me rather say argument because you can have a civil debate. Mm-hmm. But when you have these rabid debates and it becomes a screaming match, nothing is, is developed from that, right? There's so no value. Yeah, there's no value. I, th- I think... One of the biggest things that, that troubles me, and fortunately I've, I've undertaken a very unique path that has allowed me to just put that shit so far from my sight, it's practically non-existent, but is tribalism in its various forms. And tribalism manifests in many ways. It can be, it's, it's your sense of identity, right? Oh, I'm, I'm this religion, I'm atheist, I'm this political party, I'm a capitalist, I'm this skin color. For me, the most important thing is that we have an uncompromising commitment to the principles of humanity, to the principles of integrity, to the principles of truth, which is normally why people follow their political party or their religion. They believe those things represent those principles, but those principles are not in need of a mask. Only deception needs a mask. Those principles are self-evident. And if you allow that to guide you, it becomes so much easier the world is far less complicated to understand and, and to interpret because then you realize, wow, you get good and bad in everything. There's some good people and there's some bad people. And what I need to do is try my very best to strive to be a decent human being, right? Mm-hmm. I need to strive to, to find the truth because if my struggle, if my mission is to ascertain and pursue the truth, then even if I'm wrong, and the other person is so quote unquote right, the truth is still established. So my mission is accomplished. Hmm. I don't think anything more needs to be said on this podcast on that. Mm-mm. Thank you so much, brother, for, for coming on for real. Uh, yeah. It's a pleasure Thank to meet you. you. Obviously I've, I've heard your name before in, in this alternative research truth movement, and it's great to have you on and just, I'm, honored, uh, man. I, I feel like I'm so I'm... sorry about the beginning, by the way. Fuck, man. Nah, don't I be sorry I was, at all, man. I was, think, nah, nah. I, I was thinking, fuck, man. This is. I actually swapped rooms. I took the table out the one room and shit. <laughs> it's all good, man. It all I'm worked so out. I'm so glad things worked out and we yeah, were able to have this conversation sure. because I I am personally enhanced by it, and as I'm as I'm sure we, yeah, we all are. Uh, me know? too, brother. Yeah. Good vibes, man. Yeah, no, yeah me for too, sure. Man.
for sure brother um what, what, are, you do, what uh, so, are you what are you doing at the moment yeah yeah anything you want to um talk about tell our listeners plug your platforms any programs coaching yeah look i've been doing life coaching for for a long time i've only got a handful of people so it's not like in this highly sought after life coach right but i've got a handful of people that i work with and i am open to that but i have limited availability right now i'm trying to plug as well my patreon and my subscribe store yep i'm, I'm trying to push that because we do we have to develop some independence i'm a little bit upset with myself because i did see this shit coming and of course it's it's very human of us to have this vulnerability of the, this normalcy bias. You know, you know, it'll come and whatever I'll deal with it when it comes. And then when it comes, you get slapped on your ass and you're like, damn it, why? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So there's basically that. Um, it's difficult to find time, but there yeah. are many other things I'm in process of doing. I'm still writing a book. That's a big thing I want to do. I want to leave something, you know, I want to leave something yeah. to guide people and something that's good. It's tangible. It's palpable, not just random bullshit, things that you can actually verify. So yeah, uh, I'm doing that. I'm doing a bit of the life coaching and then the Patreon and the subscribe store. I'm trying to, I'm trying to plug that as much as possible. Cool. Awesome, everyone. Man. So listen, you know, don't have those two cups of coffees a month, you know, hook up our, our boy Gavin here with his Patreon. Come on our Patreon get a wealth of knowledge and information and yeah, uh, just one dollar a month yeah i said just one one dollar a month i mean come on you can fucking spare a dollar a month i mean come on <laughs> right right <laughs> and, exactly and, 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 and listen though at the same time and it's because you get people very skeptical and they're like oh this guy wants fucking money people have a, a strong aversion to that even though they give shitloads of money to the criminal fucking governments around the world and i know mm. they don't have much choice in that right or, or they give money to all these products that fucking or, or netflix like $15 a month on Netflix. Right. So, th so there's these things, but I assure you guys, there's nothing more precious than knowledge and truth. I know this for myself because when I was having those suicidal thoughts, when I was suffering from anxiety, what literally saved my life was knowledge and truth. And it was from that moment, now in hindsight, like you guys were asking me about this, I recall very clearly now, it was from that that I realized, fuck, if I can do this for myself, I can help other people with this information, right? If I can come, because I was way down, I was weak, I was, I, my, my, my lip used to do the cha-cha. I couldn't even have a conversation on one-on-one -on -one with people. I couldn't even go to the store to get the alcohol to numb my nerves, to be social without having a panic attack. So when I realized I could go through that, coming from like the lowest of low and build myself up and to become self-confident and to become strong because of knowledge and truth, not because of myself. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm a tough dude. I've got, you know, the capability to endure pain, but I was at my wit's end. The knowledge and truth was capable of saving me. And it's a duty of all of us to find a way to preserve and amplify the knowledge and truth that we want to see pro proliferated in this world. Because by default, if we don't, the propagandists and the people that mean to do harm they are going to put terrible things out in this world, things that are meant to enslave, things that are meant to exploit. And with all of that said, if you get people that are super skeptical, no matter what, I always tell people, I'm still going to do my best to pursue this path, whether mm -hmm. people are going to finance me or not. It's much appreciated, but it's never expected. Of course. It's, it's, it's time, bro. The winds are changing. You deserve it. Um, everyone out there that is on this path and pursuing this 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 path of authenticity of truth of trying to enhance that in our world and, and to share that. I really feel that this is, this is our time um, because 
Babylon is falling, bro. It's crumbling around us and, and people are looking now. And as soon as this podcast ends, bro, I'll be subscribing to your Patreon. Um, I guarantee you that. Uh, thank you, my brother. Thank you, good yeah. man. <laughs> oh, what a legend. Cool, man. All right, guys. We'll leave, we'll leave Gavin's all Gavin's links in the show notes here so you can be directed to, to where he is online. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Gavin, brother, absolute pleasure. And we'd love to do this again down the line, man. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Me too, cousin. Much love. Right, yeah, guys, man. Thanks care. a lot, brother. Cool, Bye. man. Thanks. Cool. Smoking mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean.